0: Okay, stop what you're doing and take a deep breath in. Now exhale slowly. Is that better or just a really, really different thing to how you spend most of the time? Breathing is something most of us take for granted a lot of the time, but it's one of the few bodily processes we have some control over. And according to my next guests, conscious breathing can be life-changing. Emma Power is a relationships and wellness educator who's been researching the benefits of different breathing practices for some time. Emma, great to have you with us. Uh, thank you for having me. And Jenna Mead is a wellness and travel journalist who's helped uh, put together this book that they've written called Follow Your Breath, Transform Yourself Through Breathwork. Jenna, thanks for joining us as well.
1: So good to be here, Hilary.
0: Let's start with you, Emma. What do you mean by the term breathwork? work?
2: Sure. So, breathwork. When we're we're using breathwork practices, what we're doing is using techniques to control our breath to create certain outcomes. So, like you said, breathing is something we we kind of do automatically. We don't give much thought to it, uh, but it is the only automatic function within the body that we can have complete control over. So, learning to manipulate the breath can change. An outcome or an experience. It can change our health, it can change our mental wellness and that can happen on the spot. So <clears throat> for example it can be something that we do in the midst of a moment during our day. So that might be during conflict, it might be while we're feeling anxious or during sex or when we're feeling lethargic. We can use our breath in a certain way to change the experience you would have otherwise had. And then Additionally to that, we can also use techniques as a, a committed regular practice. So much like, let's say, going for a daily run or meditating every morning. You can use some of the breathwork practices that we, we offer to really start to see some of those incredible physical, mental, um, mental physical and mental health benefits. So... Yeah, there's different ways we can use the breath, but not many of us realize that we can we can actually control it and mm. create those outcomes.
0: Yes, and you do have a range of exercises starting from really, really basic ones, just kind of observing the breath to uh, quite long, uh, long practices that are meant to kind of expand our awareness. But what yes. are some of the specific health benefits that you say can come with using these techniques, Emma?
2: Yeah, I mean this is something that we've seen a lot of research and studies done over, especially recently, and we do refer to it a lot in the in the book. But mental health benefits, you know, so our breathing can help us address anxiety, depression, trauma. There's also loads of physical health benefits, um, help to detoxing our system and helping us with our sleep, our sinuses, our lungs. So there's some really incredible and powerful physical and mental health benefits. And that was something that, for me, when I originally learned about breathwork practices, it was from, from more of a spiritual perspective. It was, you know, learning in India with a pranayama teacher. But then over time, as I started to see, to see the research and the studies that had come out, this is what really got kept me going to see what, what could possibly happen for me physically and mentally.
0: I do like that you you put in disclaimers and say, look, you know, if you've got particular mental health issues, you should check with your support team. If you've got particular physical issues, you should check with your doctor. What is some of the precautionary advice for people who are starting out working with breathing techniques?
2: Yeah, it's important to notice that to understand that while breathwork is safe for most people, not every single practice is going to be right for every single body. So, in the book, we have such a range of different techniques, and it's really important to understand that if you're experiencing, you know, for example, if you're pregnant, it's not, it's important not to do some of the more vigorous practices, or if you're, Uh, experiencing certain physical or mental health conditions, it's really important to check with your doctor or your professional team to make sure it is right for you. Some of the practices are really stimulating. So it wouldn't be appropriate to do that, for example, before bed. And some of the, the practices really calm our system down. So it's kind of like a breathwork menu. You get to choose what's right for you personally and what you need in the moment. So there'll be certain conditions that aren't appropriate um, and there'll be certain scenarios where you wouldn't want to use breathwork technique in um, and vice versa.
0: It was fascinating to uh, read that uh, some techniques can help with chronic pain. I believe there was a study on women with chronic fibromyalgia at the Barrow Neurological Institute that you list that found it lowered pain scores when they did particular breathing exercises. What are some of the techniques that that might help with uh, chronic pain, Emma?
2: Yeah, so when we breathe, I mean, there's the systems, the the techniques that calm the system down and bring us into presence. So some of the practices are really stimulating and that's not what we would recommend for people with pain, but there are practices within the book that basically help to bring the mind to focus on the breath and then release the body and to open the body and to calm it calm the system down. And it's, it really is quite profound to see the effects and the studies that have been done on this. It, it's really quite exciting.
0: We're speaking with Emma Power and Jenna Mead and together they've written a book called Follow Your Breath, Transform Yourselves Through Breathwork. Jenna's a uh, wellness and travel journalist and Emma's a relationships and wellness educator who's put a fair bit of thought into this and quite a lot of practice if, the, if you read the book. Uh, yeah. It becomes clear that many years have been spent practising these techniques. Jenna, do these practices spring from a particular spiritual or health tradition or are they collected from various places?
1: these practices have ancient roots. So they've been around for many, many, many years. And we, in the book, we do honour the ancient roots, but we there's also been so many uh, modern adaptations. So across the pages, you'll find these age-old techniques, modern adaptations, um so we really wanted to honour the traditional teachers and the pioneers of these techniques, but also to offer uh, the evolution of breathwork. So there's some exciting ways that it's it's changing and it's evolving over the years.
0: Yes, indeed. And how did you get involved, Jenna? Uh,
1: involved in the book?
0: Well, interested in breathwork and, and yeah, involved in the book.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I started breathwork, it would have been probably 10 years ago when I started yoga, um, because you do, as Emma was saying before, you do use parts of breathwork during a yoga practice. Um, but it wasn't until Emma and I started to uh, write the book that I really started to dive deeper. Um, I, we often say that I'm sort of like the apprentice and Emma's the master. So it was so interesting to go along as the learner and as the sort of, I guess, happy beginner and find out more about breathwork as I was writing about it and as I was discovering it. And how did it change um, things for you? It came at a really interesting time for me. So my son Forrest was born two weeks after the first COVID lockdown in Ugh. Victoria. Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> hard. it was a lot. Um, yeah, first baby. Um, so you know, I was a new mum, isolated, nervous, a bit terrified, um, and that's when I really started to dive into breathwork and. It was so perfect because I didn't have to leave the house. You know, I couldn't leave the house, <laughs> but I didn't have to leave the house for it. So I could do it uh, when I was breastfeeding Forrest, when I was settling him for a nap, when I was, you know, having a cup of tea, which was probably cold.
0: Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Mum tea.
1: <laughs> yeah, mum tea, exactly. Um, but I was learning how to soothe my system Um, and I could really tell that if I was calm my baby was calm and you know for a new mum in this haze of parenthood and then COVID and isolation it was just it was it just felt, you know, heaven sent. It was amazing, perfect timing. Well, yes,
0: indeed. I mean, I can totally see how that would help just yeah, calm the whole household in a way. But has the way that you've changed, the way you've used breath practices changed over the years? Jenna, I understand your little boy is three now. Do you do different things these mm. days?
1: Definitely, yeah. So he's a tornado now. (laughs) He definitely does not stay still in my arms anymore. Um, So it's more on the go. You know, it's something that you can take with you. So I might be pushing him on the swings for 20 minutes and I find that I can find a rhythm, you know, pushing. He's going out. He's coming back in. It's what you can do with your breath. Um, Or if he's having an emotional time, you know, he's right in the pits of that, those, all those emotions and those big meltdowns. So, if I can again calm myself down, I can calm him down. So, it's a more, I guess, to answer your question, it's a more on the go practice for me now rather than sitting down and, and tapping in, um, which I like. I think I prefer. You can sort of feel it, it's a bit more energetic. Um, and again, I might be outside the house, but I don't need anything. Everything I need is within me.
0: That's really interesting. That throughout the mm. book, it's clear that some uh, practices will slow you down, and some will heighten your uh, perceptions and uh, sensations, and, and others mm. will expand what you, you're uh, experiencing from life. Emma, mm. you write that people might feel jolts or tingling, or see colours or visions, or feel mm-hmm. caffeinated, or even ecstatic or orgasmic. And you do list some conditions that mean you should proceed with caution there. But if People are going into altered states using breathwork. Are the practitioners regulated well enough to make that safe for everyone?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And it was something that I had to think really carefully about before, uh, including certain techniques in the book. And there are some techniques that I haven't included in the book because of just how intense they are and how powerful um, the effects are could, could possibly be. So what we, what we do is we do really encourage people to proceed with precaution and we also really outline that it's not something that you want to be chasing, but if it does happen to you, that is one of the possible effects that can happen. Some people will say that uh, breathwork practices can feel a little bit like taking drugs. They can be like you can hallucinate, you can see colours, you can have all those feelings. So it is something that if you don't feel like you're ready for, you would want to really... Take slowly, and we always suggest to really build. We're, we're, we're almost overcautious in our suggestions about how, um, how you build up to those experiences and to, to really take things slowly before you dive so deep. But to answer your question, yeah, it is really important to have the right teacher. Uh, with these works there are some you know there can be some rogue teachers out there who are, are perhaps uh, sending people in too deep and too far and too fast when their systems may not be ready for it. I find that for most of us uh, in the current kind of climate of society we, we most of us need to slow down a little more than we need to ramp things up for ourselves. So yeah, it's important that we're we're holding space for that.
0: Yeah indeed. quick question Emma, what's better mouth or nose for breathing? Always, knows.
2: Always nose. Knows. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always nose. Always nose unless stated otherwise. So there's maybe a couple of techniques in the book that where we'll um, talk about breathing through the mouth, but most of the time we're wanting to breathe through the nose. Our nose is uh, filtering the air. It's it's a much better, much more powerful and um, much more beneficial way to breathe. So, uh, yeah.
0: Now, is there a technique you can teach me that takes like two minutes or less? <laughs>
2: Listen, yeah, well, one. I guess one of the things is just pla- just place your hand on your belly at the moment mm-hmm. and just take a deep breath and as you breathe, I want you to expand the breath so that you, your belly just gently pushes out a little. Not hard. And then exhale. So step one is that we want to be breathing in a way that allows the belly to gently expand on the inhale and gently release on the exhale so so many of us have become chest breathers. So if you watch the way a baby breathes, you watch a little baby and it's breath, it's its little belly will expand as it inhales. Whereas we're running around with smartphones in our hands and a double shot latte in the other hand and we're breathing into our chest and this often creates a lot of stress. The, there's this ironic thing was that when we breathe into our chest, it creates stress. And because of stress, we're breathing into our chest. Yeah, so when we breathe into our belly, that allows our system to relax. Now, one of the things that we can do is breathe into the belly, let the the belly expand, but actually do this with a count to really help extend the breath. So if you inhale for a count of, let's say four or five, let's try that now. So inhale through the nose. Yep. And exhale for a count of four or five. Now, what this does is this simple act is just immediately calming our system down.
0: It really is, but it also makes me think I'm going to need looser pants. And that was one of the (laughs) take-home messages of this book from me. I wish we could have time to look at some more breathing exercises, but, you know, people can look at the book or online. It's been really interesting chatting with you both today. Thanks so much for your time, Emma Power and Jenna Mead.
2: Thank you for having Thank us. Thank
0: you so much, Mary. It's a pleasure. Emma Power is a, a practitioner who's been looking at breathing practices for a long time. She's a relationships and wellness educator. Jenna Mead, as she said, is a happy beginner. She's a wellness and travel journalist. And together they've done this book called Follow Your Breath, Transform Yourself Through Breathwork. ABC RN helps you understand the world.
2: Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.